Welcome to The Talk at Revolution, where each week we explore what it looks like to find Jesus and live like Him in a practical way. At Revolution Community Church, we know that we are better together. Each week, we look to celebrate Jesus, connect with others, and contribute to the church, community, and beyond. If you'd like to connect with Revolution or take a next step, please visit us at revolutioncc.org or at our Logansport, Indiana campus located at 3930 East Market Street. Now, we hope you are encouraged and challenged by this talk. What's up, Revolution? My name's Eric, and I am so excited to be with you today. Uh, It's always an honor for me to get to join you on a Sunday morning, and just so excited for what God is doing uh, in and through this movement. And uh, before we jump in, I just want to give a shout out to all of you joining us in our online party today. We love that you're with us, uh, really, from all over the country. And I want to give a special shout out to our watch parties that have started gathering the past few weeks. Uh, I just love the way that this church, this movement of Jesus followers is continuing to innovate. So it's cool to have people joining us here at the campus as well as uh, joining in homes all throughout the different counties that we get to serve. So I love that you guys are leaning in and gathering together and continuing to engage in your faith and move the mission of revolution forward. It's an awesome thing. And I'm so excited to get to be a part of this series that we're continuing today called Open. It's uh, a time where I think we're all kind of looking at reopening across the country as we're able to re-engage in things that maybe we had to give up for the past few months. And I don't know if you're like me, but for me, as we're kind of engaging in the next season, this reopening time, I've started trying to reflect back on what the past three months have taught me and just remembering what it was even like in those early few weeks. And I don't know if this was true for you, but for me, the first couple of weeks of this whole pandemic lockdown thing, I had this like burst of energy. I'm kind of a weird guy. I like disruption and it felt like this cool like change of pace, like me and my wife and my daughter. I'm like, this is awesome. We're going to be working from home and we're going to do all kinds of incredible things. And Eventually, that faded away as what I thought was a few weeks turned into a few months. Like, it wasn't just high energy, everything's awesome all the time, so don't think I'm that weird. But I can remember in those first weeks, like, one thing I started doing is I would walk around our house, and I just started, like, doing every DIY home improvement project that I had put off, some of them for months prior to these past few months where I was able to jump in. And so, like, to give you an example... Uh, I started, the very first project that I did, I started patching the cracks in the ceiling in my living room. I don't know if you've checked out your living room lately, but you may need to check out the ceiling just to make sure that you're like up to date. But it, it was just like these things that I had ignored for months or maybe even never thought about before. All of a sudden, I had all of this energy to try to improve my home, to try to make this cool transformation uh, in our living space. I guess just thinking, hey, we're going to be stuck here for a while. We might as well make it look great. In fact, I love this meme uh, that I found because that's honestly been one of the things that got us through this season, right? It was the online memes. But I love this picture. It shows before quarantine and after quarantine when all of our homes are now like perfectly styled Chip and Joanna Gaines masterpieces. Uh, but maybe for you, like when you think about the past few months, maybe you're not the DIY type of person, but most of us love watching people improve their homes. Uh, I actually read uh, this week that HGTV is the number four most watched primetime channel, and it's only behind two news stations and ESPN. So we love to get our DIY fix, and whether you're into Property Brothers or Flip or Flop or Love It or Listed or Hometown or Good Bones or, of course, 
like the winner-take-all fixer-upper. Like, we just love to see a good home makeover. We love to see like somebody take this worn-down piece of property and turn it into something amazing. And as we watch it, I think, if we're honest, most of us say, man, I wish that could happen to my home. We love to see things go from here to there. We love to see progress. And uh, in fact, anytime I do a house project around my house, I don't know if you're like this, but I find myself like walking into the room, like maybe I just painted, I walk in and I just stop and admire my work every time I walk through. My wife has caught me multiple times standing in a room just looking at the beauty of what I was able to just achieve. And so today, I promise there's a point to all this home improvement rambling. I'm not just trying to brag about everything I got done in the past few months. Uh, We're not just talking about HGTV today. We're not just talking about my failed home quarantine improvements. But instead, uh, as we continue this conversation about being open, specifically being open to the Holy Spirit and how he may want to move in our lives, I want to invite you with our time together to consider a different kind of transformation. I want you to consider what it might look like for God to transform you from the inside out. And a question that I want you to engage with today is I want to ask, what kind of transformation do you want to see in your life? And before we jump into that in detail, I want to give you a quick recap of where we started last week, in case you're just joining us or or need a quick refresher. Last week, our lead pastor, Anthony, he introduced us to the idea of opening our lives up to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the three distinct persons of God. And I know even that sentence is confusing and can take a really long time for me to unpack today. But we talked about how most of us have an understanding of God the Father. Most of us can understand God the Son, Jesus. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, sometimes it just seems too mysterious for us to really understand. And and in fact, it can cause us to back away from this important part of God's personhood. And Anthony shared last week that the Holy Spirit... It's actually the active presence of God in our world, that the Holy Spirit is active in our world. And for followers of Jesus, this active presence of God is actually alive in us. It's a crazy idea for us to try and wrap our heads around, but God isn't just the creator of the universe who set everything in motion and then kind of watches from a distance. God is actually intricately involved in our life and in our world today. And the way that he's involved is through his spirit alive in us. And so in this series, what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit in a new way. We're wanting to examine like how open we really are, knowing that when we open ourselves up to the spirit, we end up experiencing life more like Jesus. And just really quickly before we move on, I want to speak to those of you who may be joining us today who maybe you're not sure what you think about God. In fact, maybe when I talk about the Holy Spirit, like the hair on the back of your neck stands up and maybe you're like ready to tune us out right now. Stick with me because here's what I want you to know. Like maybe you're skeptical of this whole thing. In fact, maybe you had a bad church experience uh, because to be honest, when it comes to this topic of the Holy Spirit, this is one of those areas of faith where sometimes Christians just get kind of weird and we make weird conclusions about what it means to, to open ourselves up and it can cause real pain in people's life and I want to acknowledge that today. Uh, but if that's you, first, I want you to know this church exists for you. This church exists for people who are in process who don't have all the answers. In fact, if you're joining us today and you have doubts and questions about what God is like or what it means to be open to the Holy Spirit, you're in the exact right place. 
And I want you to know that you can come here, you can join us, you can engage in the conversation with your doubts and with your questions. And I want to invite you to pursue answers to those questions today as we continue on. But I really believe there's going to be something for everyone today. Because opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, it's not just about us knowing that God is with us, but the Holy Spirit actually wants to do something in us and through us. And today, I want to talk specifically about the in us part of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. So back to our question, what kind of transformation do you want to see in your life? What kind of change do you want to see made in your life? I think if we're honest, a lot of times our inner life, the inside private part of ourselves that maybe we don't share with everyone, it can look a lot like one of those rundown houses I was talking about. Like maybe, maybe when you look at a house like this, something that always strikes me is that it still kind of looks like a house, right? Like there are walls and although they look kind of shabby, like they're still recognizable and there's that window with all that natural light running in and that looks awesome. The door looks okay. But at the same time, when you look at a room like this, a home that's in disrepair, all of us think like that's not okay. That place needs some fixing up. It needs some renovation or it needs a transformation. None of us look at a room like this and we think that's how I want things to be. But in the same way, your life can be like this room. Your life can be like this house that's in need of repair and renovation and transformation. Maybe for you, there are circumstances in your job right now that are making you stressed out. They're making you anxious. And you think to yourself, like, that's not the way that I want things to be. I want to be a person who can come home and experience joy and be present with my family. But right now, all I feel is stress. Or maybe it's something in your relational world right now. When you think about the transformation that you want to see, maybe there's a relationship in your life that's filled with tension right now. And you find yourself thinking like, oh, I wish I could just be a more patient person with this individual. This isn't how I want that relationship to be. Or maybe it's something different. Maybe for you, there's, there's a repeated behavior that you're engaged in that you don't want to do, but you keep turning back to time and time again. And you ask yourself, why can't I be somebody with more self-control? I need a transformation. I need a change. I need things to be different. But the reality is, our transformations in our life are a lot more difficult than just a home renovation. We can DIY some home projects, but you can't DIY a transformation from the inside out. This is the space where we need the Holy Spirit to move in our lives, and that only happens when we open ourselves up to Him. So today, we're going to have this conversation about what that looks like to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. And the best place for us to start the conversation is by looking at what Jesus actually had to say about the Holy Spirit. So let me give you some context where we're going to pick things up today, Jesus has just given his followers, his closest friends, who had been following him for years at this point, some unsettling news. He looks at his friends and he tells them that one of you is going to betray me. And ultimately, Jesus tells them he's going to be killed. And as you can imagine, the guys who have given three years of their lives following this rabbi, they're a little freaked out. They're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, this can't happen to you. That's going to destroy the movement that we've been a part of. And then Jesus comforts his friends with these words. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him 
because he lives with you now and later will be in you. See, Jesus says, yes, I'm leaving. And I know that's unsettling, but I'm going to give you the help that you need to live the life that I want you to live, to live the life that you're called to. He says, my father will send the Holy Spirit to be your advocate. And that word advocate, that's not something that maybe we use in our everyday language, unless maybe you're a lawyer or something like that. Uh, But this word in the original language uh, is this word paraclete. And to be clear, that's paraclete, not parakeet. Parakeet is a whole other talk to another day. But a paraclete is this word that's packed with all kinds of rich meaning that can help us understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how the Holy Spirit can actually transform us from the inside out. So in Jesus' day, the paraclete was somebody who speaks on behalf of another person. But not in like the legal sense where maybe you think about representation before a judge, but more like a friend who speaks up when you're in need. A friend who speaks up in your favor, somebody who's present with you and always has your back. Jesus says a paraclete is the one who will bring comfort and support and help. He will teach, he will counsel, he will convict us of sin and guide us in truth, and he will tell us about things to come. And it's just this incredibly powerful idea that that is the kind of advocate that we have in our lives through the Holy Spirit. The paraclete, it's like this loyal and kind friend that you can always depend on, somebody who always has your back no matter what, a trusted companion who continually points you to Jesus and accepts you exactly as you are. And maybe you're fortunate enough to have a friend like that. Maybe as I'm talking about all these descriptions, someone who's always with you, who fights for you, maybe somebody comes to your mind. It's such an important thing. In fact, I would say that your lead pastor, Anthony, is that kind of a friend for me in my life. He is always willing to listen to me and to help me process through what I'm going through, to help me make decisions, and he always points me back to Jesus and the calling he has on my life. And uh, having friends who are true advocates, it is a powerful thing that God uses in our life. In fact, this is why we gather together in life groups. It's because we believe we need one another to encourage each other, to spur one another on in our faith. And it can be a powerful catalyst for God's best in our lives. But I want you to think about this. If human advocates can play that significant of a role in our lives, then imagine how significant the role of the Holy Spirit as our advocate can be. If humans who maybe come into our lives for a conversation or sporadically from time to time to encourage us, can make that transformational of an impact on us. Imagine the impact that the Holy Spirit wants to have in our life if we open ourselves up to him when he is always with us, always present, always working to draw us towards Jesus. That is who Jesus promised the Spirit would be in our lives. When Jesus turns to his anxious and fearful friends and he promises God's very spirit was going to be their paraclete, he didn't just offer them hope and help. He's saying that they're personally going to be filled with the very source of all hope and help. So if you're a follower of Jesus today, one thing you need to recognize in this conversation of being open is the question isn't, do I have the Holy Spirit? Yes, you do right now have the Holy Spirit living in you. But the question is, am I open to the transforming presence of the Spirit in my life? Think about it like this. We're going to do a little uh, illustration over here. So I've got myself uh, 
an Alka-Seltzer packet here. Remember Alka-Seltzer, right? The, the quick fizz, I think, is what it's called, faster leaf. So track with me here, okay? Imagine that this water it represents your life, okay? And, and this packet of Alka-Seltzer represents the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So if you're a Christ follower, you have the Holy Spirit in you. But as you notice, nothing changed, right? Nothing's happening here. And the reason is, the package was never opened. But if I pull this one open and I drop it in, there's that fizzy magic, right, that we always want. And look, I know that that's maybe kind of cheesy, maybe kind of heavy-handed, but the point is this. Just like that Alka-Seltzer packet didn't have any impact until it was opened, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life can't have its transforming impact unless we open ourselves up to receive his presence and his power in our life. See, only one packet was open, and being open is the key to transformation. Being open involves this ongoing, intentional surrender to the transforming power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And so that idea of being intentional is so important for what I hope you get out of today, that this isn't just like a passive thing where we sit back and we wait and we hope that the Holy Spirit shows up and does something in our lives. Being open is an active process. We don't just sit around and wait for the divine lightning bolt to suddenly change our lives into everything we hope it could be. We have to be intentional. In fact, last week, we wrapped up our time together by singing this song called Make Room that I think captures this idea of an active openness so well. The lyrics say this. It says, here is where I lay it down. You are all that I'm chasing now. This is my surrender. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. See, being open to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in your life begins with making room in our chaotic and busy lives for us to actually pause and surrender. And as we do, the incredible thing is we actually enter into this partnership with the Holy Spirit where we give him access and authority to do whatever he wants to do in our lives. The Apostle Paul was writing to a group of early Jesus followers in the province of Galatia, and he says this about that partnership that I'm talking about. He says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not able to do whatever you want. Those who belong to Christ Jesus has crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Did you catch the active language there? He says, walk by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. It's this active thing where we continually open ourselves up and allow the Spirit to transform us from the inside out. Uh, one other thing that uh, my wife and I started doing throughout this pandemic lockdown season is we started taking a lot more walks. It was just good for us when we could to get outside and enjoy sunshine and get a little exercise and fresh air. Uh, but here's the thing. My wife is really active, and I'm really not. 
And so we would go on these walks, and all of a sudden I would realize, like, we're walking, and she's, like, way in front of me. And I think I'm going at a normal pace, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Like, slow down, back it up, back it up. And I'm proud to say, like, by the end of the three months, I feel like I can finally keep up with her a little bit here. Uh, But the point I'm getting at is it took some effort from me, right? I had to decide to pick up the pace. I had to move and keep in step with her. That is exactly what Paul is talking about here in terms of walking by the Spirit and staying in step with the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the original language, the verb tense for where it says, walk by the Spirit, it describes a continuous action. It's really bad English, but it could be more accurately translated, be always walking by the Spirit. Always, right? Continually. It's this way of life where we continually surrender to the work of God in us, through us, and among us. It's about living in partnership with God's Spirit, letting God do what He wants to in and through our lives. And so maybe at this point, you're thinking, hey man, that sounds great, but how do I actually do it? Right? Like, yeah, I want to be open. I want to keep in step with the Spirit, but what does that actually mean practically in my life? And I'm glad you asked. Because to be honest, so often the rhythms of our life don't actually make room for us to even be mindful of the Spirit, let alone to keep in step with Him. I think there's a practical lesson that we can learn from the recovery community in terms of what it means to open ourselves up to God, to truly be transformed. Step four in many 12-step recovery programs like Alcoholics Anonymous uh, is the scary step. And it's often articulated like this. You're invited to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. And this is where people on the road to recovery dig beneath the surface and they start to identify the negative thoughts and emotions and actions that have started to rule their lives. And honestly, I think for Jesus followers, we need to do the same thing regularly, continually. We need to do this self-inventory to really identify how open we are to the Spirit's work in our lives. So practically, for you to open yourself up to transformation, I'd invite you to do a regular self-inventory. And I love those words from the 12-step program, searching and fearless, because it really doesn't work if you just kind of go through the motions, if you just skim the surface. Instead, we have to get honest with God and honest with ourselves and really dig beneath the surface of what is in us. And it takes courage to make that step. But we can begin to live in openness to God's Spirit when we look at every day, every circumstance, every encounter, and ask ourselves questions like this. How is God at work in this circumstance? How would Jesus respond to this situation that I'm in? How can I honor God in this decision that I need to make? Or how might God be speaking to me in this moment? See, the truth is, at every point, in every day, we are either open to the Holy Spirit or we're following the lead of our own passions and desires. And naturally, when I follow my own desires, when I follow my default mode, I want to answer questions like this. How can I make my circumstances better for myself? How can I make myself look good? What decision would advance my interests? What do I want to say in this moment? And you can see through those questions that the default posture of my heart is not openness. It's actually the polar opposite of those searching questions that lead to transformation. 
That's why I said earlier that being open to the Holy Spirit involves an ongoing, intentional surrender to his transforming presence. We have to let go of our self-centeredness. We have to lay down our selfish desires. We surrender. And spiritual practices like prayer and reading scripture and reflecting on it and connecting with other Christ followers and celebrating God regularly, they can help us live in this ongoing intentional surrender. They help us stay in step with the Spirit. They help us to open our hearts to God. And Paul says that if we walk by the Spirit, then we no longer gratify the desires of the flesh. And notice, Paul shows this if-then relationship there. He says, if we walk by the Spirit, then we won't get caught up in gratifying the desires of our flesh. And the desires of our flesh, it's kind of a loaded phrase, right? We don't talk like that in our everyday lives. But they're the parts of each and every one of us that want to satisfy ourselves, that want to live for our own comfort, our own selfish ambition, our own gratification. And it's my flesh that causes me to stress out when things aren't going the way I want them to at work. It's my flesh that causes me to lash out when somebody isn't behaving the way that I want them to behave. It's the things. My flesh is what causes me to act out in ways that aren't good for my body or for my soul. And Paul promises that if we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the flesh because you can't do both things at once. You can't pursue your agenda and be open to the Spirit of God. Don't miss that. If at any given moment we are saying, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? And we start pursuing that, we won't be selfish and sinning at the same time. But it's when we stop being open to the Spirit, when we stop keeping in step with Him, that we start living by our own spirit, by our own flesh. And so if we learn to live in this continual state of openness to the Spirit, then what begins to happen inside of us is nothing short of miraculous. Because the Holy Spirit begins to transform our minds and our hearts and our wills. And he begins to produce in us the things that we've longed for all along. Paul says it like this. He says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And don't hear me wrong. Okay, I'm not saying, hey, if you do this self-inventory and you open yourself up to the Spirit, then everything in your life is going to start going your way. That's not what I'm saying today. I'm not saying your circumstances are going to miraculously change or that your decisions are suddenly going to become easier. I'm not saying that your relationships will even necessarily become easier, but the thing that will change is your heart. You'll begin to see this fruit of the Spirit produced in you, and you'll find yourself in the transforming space where you can say things like, hey, things are just as crazy at work as they've ever been. But instead of stress, I feel joy. I no longer feel like my emotions are riding the emotional roller coaster of my circumstances. Or, or maybe you'll find yourself saying things like, wow, my teenager just did the dumbest thing possible, but I actually was patient with them. I actually listened to them, like something is different inside of me. Or maybe you'll find yourself, and I hope you do, you'll find yourself saying, wow, God has actually freed me from that behavior that was ruining my life. He brought people into my life who are encouraging me, and he's given me this new strength to live with self-control. See, it's the Holy Spirit 
working inside of us that can transform us from the inside out. And an area, to be honest with you today, where I'm seeing this play out uh, is in that fruit of the Spirit, patience, because I am not a naturally patient, patient person. And as you can imagine, three months of being locked inside of my house did not do wonders for my soul. Or maybe I should say it just exposed what was there all along. Because I'm naturally a type A, driven, control freak kind of a person. And uh, I found that on the days where I do what I'm talking about today, where I do that self-inventory, where I spend time with God first thing, and I just open myself up to him, I say, God, this is what's going on in my life. God, this is how I feel. Whether or not that's true, this is where I am. And I invite him into that. I find myself slower to get impatient and angry and irritable. And I find myself more willing to lean in and listen to what God may be doing. And so for me, it looks like spending time in my day asking some of those questions that I mentioned before, putting boundaries around my work and pursuing rest, all of these things that God has called us to do. And I'm not perfect at it, but what I want you to understand is when I open myself up, the Spirit absolutely is working to transform me from the inside out. And He wants to do the same thing for you as well. So when it comes to transformation, the truth is there's no quick fix, right? I don't have the three-step outline to help you transform in the next week. But instead, my challenge to you is simply this. Practice openness. Practice it. Make it active. Make it a part of your everyday rhythms to open yourself up before God and to do that self-inventory. It's not simple and it's not quick, but an intentional effort to open ourselves up to the Spirit is the very thing that leads to the transformation that we all want. And one way that we can start is by praying this prayer that we introduced to you last week. If you desire to be open to the Spirit, if as I was talking today about the idea of transformation, about experiencing those fruits of the Spirit, the peace and the joy and the patience and the self-control, if you want that to be true in your life, then pray this prayer with me right now. Say, God, I am open to your Holy Spirit. Make me more aware of your presence. Speak to me, transform me, and empower me to be more like Jesus. Amen. And since we're talking about being intentional, here's a challenge for you. What if you started every day for the next week, the next seven days, praying that prayer? What if you were intentional in that time to do that self-inventory, to open yourself up to God and asking questions like, God, how are you working in the circumstances I find myself in? God, how do you want me to respond to the situations that are weighing heavy on my heart? God, how can I honor you with the decisions that are in front of me? Or God, how are you speaking to me in this moment? The incredible truth is that if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And if you want to experience the transformational power of the Spirit working in your life, all you have to do is open yourself up. All you have to do is make room and intentionally walk in step with the Spirit, listening to Him, talking to Him, and inviting Him to move in your life. He can tear down old patterns, and He can transform your life into something brand new. And He wants to do exactly that in you and in me. The only question is, are we open? So as we wrap up our time together today, uh, we're actually going to engage 
in a practice that Jesus followers have been doing for thousands of years, and it's a practice called communion. Communion is meant to be a practice that reminds us of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, these defining moments in history, the culmination of everything that came before it and the hope for everything that is to come after. And right now, if you're joining us at one of our watch parties, what you may want to do is you may just want to pause the video right now and uh, your watch party host can actually lead you through receiving the elements of communion together. But if you're with us in our online party, uh, today as we receive communion together, I want to invite you to not only think of the symbolism of the elements themselves, the bread representing the body of Jesus that was broken for you, and the cup representing the blood of Jesus shed for the forgiveness of your sins for anyone who accepts it. But I want you to consider something in light of what we've talked about as well. And really quick, like practically, I know you may not have a cool cup like this if you're just joining us online where everything's all packaged together, but you can grab whatever you have if you have a cracker or some juice or or whatever's around, and you can still participate in a meaningful way as we reflect together. But beyond just reflecting on the elements themselves, I want to invite you as we respond to recognize the physical act of what we do when we receive the elements. We literally open ourselves up to receive from God. We literally externally show our internal openness for God to move in our lives, for God to transform us. We open our mouths and we're invited to receive this gift. So I'd love to lead you in the next few moments as we respond together. Uh, If you'll take the bread and grab it. We remember the last weekend of Jesus' life, he gathered his closest followers together And he grabbed bread and broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body that is broken for you. Every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So in this moment, take the bread and remember the broken body of Christ for you. And likewise, Jesus took a cup and he held it up. And he said this amazing thing that the guys around the room didn't understand at the time. He said, this cup represents the new covenant, the new relationship that I want to have with you. And every time that you drink of this, do it in remembrance of me. And what he meant by that was he wanted to have a relationship with us where he's present with us, where the Holy Spirit can transform us. He wants it to be an active and ongoing thing. So go ahead and take the cup and drink it in remembrance of this new relationship we have with Jesus. Let me close our time together by praying for you. God, I uh, just want to invite you into this space. God, we invite your Holy Spirit to meet us exactly where we are. And we are all engaging and joining from different places today. I pray that your spirit would be active and obvious uh, at our watch parties, that your spirit would be moving for our online party, whether people are joining us in the car or hanging out at home or wherever they may be, God. I pray that your spirit would be obvious among us. And God, as we remember what you did for us at the cross and through your resurrection, God, I pray that we would keep in step with your spirit, that we would regularly, daily, open ourselves up to you, to hear from you, to invite you, to produce the kind of fruit in our lives that you've always desired. God, change me from the inside out and change my friends who are joining us today. 
from the inside out. We pray and we ask all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.